0: Hello, everyone. This is Tony Heil with the Talk to Defeat ALS podcast. If you are familiar with the ALS cause and our ALS community, I, uh, we have done this podcast for many years with different topics ranging from people with ALS, caregivers, um, ALS advocates, uh, even legislators, uh, neurologists, uh, social workers, nurses. And today I'm very excited for the first time to talk to people about another ALS podcast I'm talking with a friend of mine who I've known for a number of years through the work at, her work at the Lehigh Valley Health Network uh, ALS Association Treatment Center. She does amazing work providing compassionate care to people with ALS, Jesse Meyer, and she's been working on a really great project with my new friend, I hope we're going to be friends, um, Lenny from the Lehigh Valley Clinic, Lenny, Lenny Rafalco, and uh, he is, well you can't see this because it's an audio podcast, he's wearing his Phillies gear today. And we are grateful to the Phillies for their many, many years of commitment to strike out ALS. We'll talk about that a little bit today. But today we're going to talk about their new podcast venture and uh, how they're working to bring awareness and attention to the ALS cause. So with that in mind, um, before we start, if you have any questions about ALS, want to connect to our services or support our mission, please go to ALSPhiladelphia.org or follow us on social media at ALSPhiladelphia. So, Jesse and Lenny, um, tell me a little bit about yourself. Jesse, you've been at the clinic for a number of years, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, thank you, Tony, for having us on. Um, It's so exciting to talk
0: about this project because um, it's just sort of been something we've been, like, you know,
1: working on for a while. So, to be able to talk about it is really exciting. So, thank you. Um, Yeah, so I've been here um, for, I guess this will be my fifth year. the lehigh valley clinic so um it has been the most incredible experience and day like three of my job is when i was introduced to wendy so she connected me you know to the als association and learning about the incredible incredible work you guys do and um it's been yeah it's been a privilege it's been an absolute privilege and i love it so
0: and what you are at the clinic, but what exactly is your role? Are you the social worker? Are you the um, the queen? Are you the the person who you know plays the trumpet? What what exactly do you do? And, and uh, we don't need to go into too much detail, but what can people expect to see at the ALS Association Treatment Center at Lehigh Valley Health Network?
1: Yeah, good question. And i I would I would say I'm definitely not the I don't think we have any queens over here. We have definitely a lot of um, jesters. We like to laugh. We like to we like to have fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm a social worker. So I um, I am a social worker here in neurology, but then part of that role is um, the social worker at the at our clinic. So we have a clinic here. Uh, I believe it's been our gosh sixteenth or seventeenth year here at Lehigh Down. Having an ALS designated treatment center um, and so what that means for people who aren't familiar with that is that when someone is diagnosed with ALS the we, we have found that patients, meeting the family, um, you know, getting to know them throughout the progression of, of their disease. So, um, yeah, it's like a little family here, and, and we, we love it. We're proud of it. We are just so in all of our patients, and they're what we learn from them every every day. So, um, yeah, so that's a little bit about about what a clinic is. There, There's a lot here in Pennsylvania, one up at Hershey. There's one at um, down at, at, at Jefferson, um, there's the VA has a clinic, and so we all really work together and learn from
0: each other. And as you said, it's a team effort, and a big component of that team um, is that you're caring for people with ALS, and the, and people who have ALS are part of that team. That includes, like I said, my new friend, Lenny. Um, Lenny, tell me about yourself. Of, um, when were you diagnosed with ALS, and and uh, came to start going to the clinic.
2: Yeah, thank you very much, Tony, for having us. As Jesse said, we really appreciate this. And uh, yeah, so I am—I um, live uh, outside of Allentown, and I was diagnosed in July of 2019 with ALS. And I think my first symptoms, onset of symptoms, probably started, if I really think hard probably sometime in 2017, 2018, um, with I think what I've learned as the typical symptoms, a little bit of slipping, a little bit of lack of coordination, lack of strength, and certainly didn't know what was causing it until finally with the diagnosis with ALS. So that was July of 2019, and uh, since August of that year, or maybe in September I think was my first visit to the clinic where Jesse's at, um, I've been you know, part of the clinic up at Lehigh Valley uh, Neurology, and uh, I, I certainly am a testament to fact that the, the clinic embraces everybody. It's not, it's not just a rather um, uh, uh, stoic, if you will, relationship with the clinic workers um, and the patients. But it goes beyond that. It goes beyond just uh, medical treatment, palliative care, that type of thing. And I think my as my relationship with Jesse has grown, for that, that's that's just an example of how um, I think the people at the clinic, those that that work there, really.
0: And, you know, it's a very challenging time to have any disease, especially um, a disease like ALS. For a while, I talked to people, and Jesse, you did too, who they had just done the ice bucket challenge, so they knew something about ALS, but now that was many years ago. So, Lenny, before you came to the clinic, um, did you know much about ALS and what the disease was and what was available?
2: I, I did know something about it, but ironically, and I think like many Americans that may know something about ALS, it was the fact that it was referred to as Lou Gehrig's disease. And I'm a, a, a very big baseball fan. I've been that way all my life. Um, I'm certainly not old enough to remember watching Lou Gehrig play. I wasn't around then, but I've been somewhat of, you know, I follow the history of baseball. And so I knew of Lou Gehrig, obviously, and I knew of this disease. And a little bit of research that I'd done just out of curiosity in the past, uh, I was able to find out about it, and uh, uh, it, uh, it, it, that's what I find kind of you know, somewhat ironic about it, that uh, you know, my, my, my passion for the game, and now I'm inflicted with, with Lou Gehrig's disease for something that obviously has a tremendous amount of respect both in baseball and outside of it for the recognition that he's been able to, that baseball and, and his, his family and associations have been able to uh, recognize
0: ALS. And Jesse, when Lou Gehrig had ALS, there wasn't telemedicine. There wasn't a clinic at all there. There wasn't um, the treatments that we have today. So it's very different. Um, You know, what has allowed you and your clinic to um, provide care even during the pandemic? How have you guys adapted to continue that excellent care?
1: Well, I mean, I, I think it's thank God for technology. You know, I don't know what. Had this been 20, 30 years ago that COVID hit, I think we really would have, I don't know what we would have done, you know, I don't, I think we really would have lost touch and just tried to do the best we could over the phone. But, you know, there's so much that happens, so much obviously and vulnerability and, and tough and beautiful and fun conversations that happen when you're there with the person, you know, with, with the patient, with the family. Um, and so... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, thank thank goodness for telehealth and our i and the IT. I'm not a tech person, so I don't really know how it all works, but um, it's allowed us to to still stay in touch with people and still help and still um, you know get 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 it world even if we can't physically see them. You know, so thank goodness for that.
0: So one of the adaptations that you guys have done together is create this new podcast about living with als and people's experiences how did whose idea was that how did it come together
1: well i so this is a fun story to tell yeah so uh this happened quite simply lenny and i had been i think we were working together on on something something social work related i don't know something you know for me as like a, a team member helping lenny and then it, you know, he just said to me, and I'll never forget it. And when one of our calls, he said, "You know, I, I'd like to, I'd like to help out. I'd like to volunteer. If there's any way you think that I could help the clinic, let me know." And um, right, Lenny, I, that that's I remember this conversation over you know, yeah, the phone. And
2: that's exactly right. You're yeah. helping me with my um, really. You're helping me with my disability claim, and um, I had been thinking about how I could get involved. And as you know, with ALS, I mean, there's challenges that, that you have now and challenges you foresee in the future. And I was just trying to think of what I could do to make the most of my time. And I wanted to give a little bit back. I wanted to have maybe a little bit of legacy that my family could be proud of and that I could help people with. And so I mentioned to Jesse that I'd like to, you know, if there's anything you could think of that I could help with the clinic, please let me know. And I mentioned, you know, I could do research for them on the computer. Um, I, I could, you know, reach out to patients at Somebody wants to talk about, um, you know, maybe they first diagnosed and I can, you know, advocate for them. And then Jesse said, That's great. And I've got an idea. And what she said that had been uh, basically uh, marinating in her head for, for a long time was the fact that she's been fortunate to talk with many patients, meet many patients at the clinic. And that, as she said, that they've had so many incredible stories and shown so much incredible strength courage that she wanted to interview them and get this stuff down on paper and be able to share it with the the clinic and have it basically as part of maybe, um, uh, you know, a welcome to the clinic type of book or something like that, but basically in a binder that can be shared and provide encouragement and so forth for maybe those newly diagnosed with ALS or for those that are going through a particularly difficult time. And so that's how it came. It It was truly Jesse's idea. And um I just said, sure, I'd be happy to help. And then we had our first interview. Um took us a while, because uh, we're we're new at this, and if you listen to our podcast, I mean you can clearly see that we're, you know, we're just uh, uh <laughs> you it, it, it's exactly a little rough at times, but I think people would appreciate the intent and spirit. But so we had our first interview and I was grappling with how do we capture this interview, transcribe it on the paper. And, you know, I was consternating over it for days. And then Jesse just said, Hey, you know, let's, you know, I got an idea. Let's make a podcast out of it. And I said, Sounds great to me. So once again, I, I, I put all the accolades that Jesse's had with Jesse. Uh, I'm just fortunate to be along on the ride here and to, to help her, um, her idea come to fruition.
0: And, and what is the podcast called?
1: So it's called Roots Radio. And we came a, we came to that name because we, you know, in trying to talk about what this project is and what it means, is we kept going back to this uh, image of a, like root of the roots of who we are as people. Doesn't, you know, ALS can't take that from from us, right? So where it can change so many parts of our body, how we communicate. How we think, how we feel, um, you know. There's, there's, there's so much of that person in there still, and that is a lot of sort of what I think Lenny and I both landed on, and in, in what we want to, what we hope to learn from people when we interview them, people living with ALS or caregivers caring for somebody with ALS, that um, you know, that these these stories of. Of adversity of joy of love that that connect us all. Um, you know we want to be able to highlight that and, and and share that with people. And you know we've so we've done we have two that are published so far, and then we're working on number three. Um, and it's been so fun to get to know. You know ALS is certainly the thing that connects us initially, but there's so many commonalities mm-hmm. we have. You know that we're finding with with our our, new, our friends now, and Lenny and I joined a drum circle because we interviewed a, a woman named Pat who actually lives in the area, goes to Hershey Clinic, and she's an artist, and she's super involved in this drum circle for stress relief, and Lenny and I never done anything like that before, but we, we joined it with her. It was a virtual drum circle, and it was so cool and so fun and so different, you know? So... So we're having fun. We are just um, learning throughout this whole thing. And it's been, uh, you know, I think, I hope you've had fun too, Lenny, because it's been a ball for me.
2: No, I've definitely enjoyed it. And it gives me, it gives me the opportunity to, to feel productive in a way. and um, And I like that. And I, I think one thing that I like about our approach to the podcast or to our project is that it really... We we talk some about ALS when we always get to that that subject during the interview, but really mostly it's just an opportunity for somebody that's um, you know, afflicted with ALS to to give them a voice, just to, to talk about something, to talk about who they are, what they enjoy doing, mm-hmm. what their foods are and um, you know, that, that
0: I think that's so important because, as Jesse knows, as a caregiver, as you know, Lenny, as a person living with ALS, uh, ALS is not a series of symptoms. It's a human being that has these things. And providing care in a um, dispassionate way doesn't really help to create those connections. You need to earn trust with people to ask them questions. You need to build a camaraderie. Um, and like you said, Jesse, you guys at Lehigh Valley Health Network, you're a team, you're a family, and you can't be a family if you're not doing something like this, like talking about people as a human being.
1: Yeah, I mean it's I think that's the beauty of the podcast too, is like we're and, and the work that I think anybody who, who I mean, Tony, you're doing it too, it's it's constantly learning and, and and none of us we are not the experts you know? we are we 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 want to provide support and, and share information about what we know but you know our families our, our families living with ALS they're the experts of, of how this is impacting them you know and so we're just here to kind of provide what we can provide support provide comfort some ideas um, but at the end of the day we're the ones who are who are learning and, um, you know, just you know, it's a privilege. It's a privilege to get to, to know our, our friend. We call them my friends, our family. We always say that to people who are like, once you're in our family, you're never going to get out of it, <laughs> whether you want to or not. <laughs> and,
0: and I think that's a testament to the clinic is you're right, not only as a person with ALS, but as a um, family member, a friend of something. when we go to the walk to defeat ALS in Lehigh Valley or other places, <clears throat> You'll see people who have been around for they lost someone twenty years ago but they're still so connected because, you know, again, you're not treating symptoms, you're talking about a human beings.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and the walk has been um, you know, such a testament to how community, especially in times of hardship, can really just, you know, be be alike, you know, and you go and, and the there's, the walks aren't sad. They're hopeful. And, um, yeah, to see from their faces and it's like you have this instant connection with people you don't know, you know? And so, yeah, the, we're, we love seeing our families there and former families there. And, uh, it's a, it's an incredible, incredible thing. And, and, um, you know, we hope everybody in a team on October 9th, if you're up here in the Lehigh Valley, um. For the walk to defeat ALS to raise money for this ALS and the incredible, incredible organization that we would not be here without. So
0: and if you're listening, you can go to our website, alsphiladelphia.org and click the walk link to find the the walk to defeat ALS, or you can go to I think it's Lehigh Valley Walk to Defeat ALS to go directly to that walk. Um now Lenny, uh you have plans in place for who you're gonna be talking with next. You Have a good idea of this. What are some things you're looking forward to doing with the podcast now that you have uh, roots set up?
2: Well, we certainly would like it to continue to have some kind of self perpetuation where we have people that are interested in joining us. And uh, Jesse could give out the email address that people could reach us if they want to participate because we're open to anybody. I mean, our our podcast is, is open to those with ALS caregivers, um, researchers, doctors, and so forth. But I I, I don't think we want our podcast to be necessarily about the treatment aspect of it, the scientific or uh, medical aspect of it, but as we said, more about the people. And um, so we hope to continue with that, and hopefully as we get a little wider distribution, we'll continue to have people that will reach out to us or somebody will recommend us as somebody that may be interested that we're speaking to, but hopefully it's a voice that we're going to Uh, to talk not just about themselves, but also talk to and share with their caregivers some of their thoughts and and appreciation. So we hope this will be a a thing that will continue to perpetuate itself, you know, a podcast coming out every one, uh, probably not once a month, maybe every couple of months here. Um, And as I mentioned before, our next podcast is going to be with the gentleman, Bill, who uh, writes poetry and recites it. And um, at this point, he uses a speech generating machine. and uh, through that he's going to be reciting one of his poems. We've got a series of questions that we're going to ask him about how he got interested in poetry and, and how it does maybe possibly act as a catharsis somewhat for ALS, because some of his poems are, are, are pretty gritty, um, but, but that's good, That that's fine. And then upcoming, after that, we will do in June is we like to have a podcast that's going to focus on Lou Gehrig. As I mentioned before, ALS, Basically, is, is Lou Gehrig's disease, and and that's how a lot of people know it by. And uh, Lou Gehrig, uh, you know, was a, a Hall of Fame baseball player. Uh, he was the Iron Horse. Uh, played 2,100 over 2,100 consecutive games, starting on the 2nd of June of 1925, and then on the 2nd of June. And we'll also talk about, his, uh, the, you know, what how ALS affected him. And you know, when you think about it, ALS is such a, such a confounding, such a strong disease that he was known as the Iron Horse because he played twenty one hundred and thirty games, and the only thing that took him out of the lineup was when he, when the symptoms of ALS really started to manifest themselves, and he no longer had the coordination, the strength. The ability to play the baseball game, so it wasn't anything of a of a of human skill, if you will, that caused him or uh, to play to not be able to play anymore. But it was this uh, insidious disease, ALS, for which we we eighty years later we still don't have a cure. We've got much better palliative care and, and patient maintenance, but there's there still is no cure for it eighty, 80 years after uh, Lou Gehrig, um, you know, passed away.
0: Now, um, one other thing I know we talked about, Lenny, that you might um, talk about there is how now ALS belongs in baseball, and um, we are proud to be the principal charity of the Philadelphia Phillies, and had it not been for the Lou Gehrig connection, that wouldn't happen, of course. Um, You're wearing your Phillies hat, and as a person living with ALS, does that mean something special knowing that a team like the Phillies doesn't just put their name on it, but they really put a lot of commitment behind working to strike out ALS.
2: I'll be perfectly honest with you. Before July 2019, I was aware of it, and I thought it was a great great investment, great charity. But since July of 2019, being diagnosed with ALS, I'm very proud that uh, my hometown baseball team plays such a prominent role in trying to raise awareness to ALS and raise funding for ALS research, and it, it really does. Um, certainly, at this point in my life, it means uh, it means the world to me. You I'm know, very, you know, very very proud. And one of the things that they're going to do on Lou Gehrig Day, Major League Baseball, is that the players, um, I believe, are going to wear a, a, a patch on their uniform that will say "For ALS," number four, which was Lou Gehrig's. And they'll also have the opportunity to wear wristbands. And I know that day when I watch the Phillies play, and I see that patch and I see those wristbands, I'm going to be particularly hit um, by how uh, how great the, the, the organization is bet in um, providing the support for ALS, and uh, how the rest of the league is now also going to be participating in something that, frankly, the Phillies are the, the forerunners in as far as Major League
0: Baseball. Yeah, and and I have to just give my own personal addition there. It means so much to me when I see the Phillies players who are all stars, some of the be- best names in baseball, and when they see people with ALS, like I've seen them get up from behind a table to greet them. The concession staff, when they see someone, they'll jump out and say, "How? Oh, I remember seeing you." So it's it's great. Just to tell you how Jesse ta- how you talk about the clinic that you're not talking about statistics, you're talking about human beings and talking about people like human beings. Um, So you have have, Yeah, go ahead. I had to share
1: a story with you guys. So um, just yesterday, um, myself and our nurse, Ashley, and our speech therapist, Amanda, went to visit um, a a former caregiver of our clinic. So her her husband passed away um, last November. And he, she was donating a lot of the equipment back to ILS um, Association and, and our loaner closet here. So we, the three of us, went to go see her because we we loved her so much and her family and her husband, and um, they were huge Phillies fans. Went to the Phillies festival. Um, they actually went down to spring training. You'll probably remember this, Tony, because I think you can probably with something about it. And he was a huge Aaron Nola fan. Yeah,
0: I do remember <laughs> but, this.
1: Yep, and they went down to spring training, and um, yeah, he was still, he was mobile at that point, but she had asked, you know, he, his wife wanted um, to go up to one of the staff members and asked, you know, if he could get an autograph, and, you know, the patient, he was a little embarrassed, and she was like, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. Anyway, long story short, you know, Aaron came over and spent this time talking to, to Dave, and it just meant the world. To them, and he was just his um, everything. He said just just really impacted them. So fast forward, you know that happened a few years ago. Yesterday, we went to go um, meet her and spend some time with with her. And he he had been allergic to cats, so she never wanted wanted him to wanted to get a cat. When he mm-hmm. passed away, she got. Guess what? She named the cat Nola mm. <laughs> after April, Nola <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> because Thanks. because there was such an impact there. And she just said, I know that, you know, Dave would want me to uh, to honor the Phillies the way that they honored him. And so we got to see her meet Nola. And it's that kind of stuff that I think the Phillies, you know, you don't know sometimes how much your impact years later is still touching somebody, you know, and that those few moments meant the world to this family. So that's the difference
0: that the Phillies bring for sure. Well. They can do that because they are a big name team, but you guys do that by through your podcast and through the way you treat people. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna include the link to your podcast in our e-news and um, as we post this um, podcast, as we finish up here, we talk about the walk to defeat ALS coming, your future podcast episodes, Lenny and Jesse. Um, people are listening, and maybe they're new to ALS, or maybe they've had trouble through the pandemic. Do either of you have some words of, you know, to lift people up at this time and and, uh, keep people listening and engaged?
2: I guess one thing I would say, I know it has been difficult with the pandemic in in trying to to make the most of every day, but, and this may sound very corny, but it's, it's honest to God truth, is that. While being diagnosed with ALS is certainly not a good thing, I've been able to think back from the time I was diagnosed up to this very moment that I have been able to reestablish relationships with people, establish new relationships with people, and my my relationships have gotten stronger with them. And I I could identify probably two dozen people that um, since I've been diagnosed that really have come into my life that were maybe there on the periphery, but now are really a core part of it. And and, 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 and while ALS is not a good thing, but I'll forever be grateful for that little bit of silver lining that's come out of it to give me the opportunity to, um, to get to know a good handful of people a lot better and have them um, part of my core life and frankly part of my prayers at night. So I would just suggest that everybody take an opportunity to look back and um, look, look at those people that are in your life now that may not have been in that really in a substantive manner um, before ALS, but but now you're getting a great opportunity to, to have them in your life.
0: That's, that's terrific. And, Jesse, is there anything you would like to tell um, your families that come through the Lehigh Valley Health Network uh, ALS Association Clinic?
1: Yeah, just, uh, Lenny, that was beautiful. Um, you know,
0: I think we we want them to
1: know they're not alone, you know, and I think that that's the, a lot of the hope of this podcast, a lot of the hope of our clinic, of the ALS Association. We just don't want any family dealing with this to feel alone in it. And um, that's, I think, our, our number one goal. You know, you can walk out the door from the hospital, an event, um, you know, listening to this podcast, just not feeling alone, then, then we'll feel like we've done something, you know. So I think that's our hope
0: and our prayer. Well, we have a lot of reason to be hopeful when we have people who are putting their kindness and attention to this cause. Uh, thank you, Lenny and Jesse. And I hope all of you will listen to their podcast, click the link and share it. And again, if you're looking for resources or want to support the ALS cause, cause in general, please visit ALSPhiladelphia.org and follow us on social at ALS Thank you, Lenny and Jesse, and I look forward to seeing you in person one day soon.
2: Thank you, Tommy. Likewise, for sure.